Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I'm one of your hosts. There are two other hosts that are joining me today, of course. Danielson. Hola. And Anna. Good evening. So before we start today's episode, I just want to say, like always, we do not run any ads on this show or take any money from any corporations. So if you'd like to help us out, then there's a few ways that you can do that. One of the ways is Patreon. For only $5 a month, which is 16 cents a day, you can sign up to our Patreon and get an extra episode each week. These Patreon episodes are exclusive to members only. Today, we released a Patreon-exclusive episode, which is over the Bilderberg Group. Also, we have over 30 extra episodes, which is over 56 extra hours, already locked and loaded for your listening pleasure, such as the Tavistock Institute, the Exorcism of Clara Celli, CERN, Glitches in the Matrix, Nexium Cult, Disney Darkness, Isaac Cappy, FEMA, and much more, which you get access to all of them for just five bucks a month. Another way to support the show is through merchandise. Just teleport on over to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click on the shop button. There, you'll actually be teleported to a new site with some new merch, new designs. Uh, Our shirts will be on sale for just a few days for $13 a piece. But we now will have coffee mugs. I know we've been requested for those. Uh, Tote bags, phone cases, a lot more options. So go ahead and check that out. As always, I just wanted to say that the money we get from Patreon and merchandise goes to bettering the show. Also, I know things are tough out there right now. So if you can't afford a shirt or Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, Then you can leave us a written review on iTunes, and that always helps us out a ton. If you don't want to leave one, though, then that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, Ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. Also, one last thing. If any of you would like to reach out to us, then you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, Click on the contact button, and there you will find our email addresses to get a hold of us. All right, so that's the end of today's announcements. So today's episode is over the Denver International Airport. So how this episode will go today is that we will talk about what is the Denver Airport, go into the history of it, and then transition into the strange facts and findings where we discuss the artwork, the dedication stone, murals, paintings, the underground bunkers, many strange things involving this airport. And then we'll go into theories surrounding it. And then, of course, wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. In 1995, the construction of the Denver International Airport was completed. At a total cost of $4.8 billion, this airport is the largest in North America. Many strange and odd things surround it. Apocalyptic artwork, network of vast underground tunnels, 
bizarre paintings of dead children, gargoyle statues that talk about the Illuminati, Freemason plaques inside the airport, and even an ominous horse statue which accidentally killed its creator. Of course, these odd things bring up many, many questions and interesting rumors. Rumors of government secret facilities under the airport itself, where they supposedly do experiments on children, hold secret Illuminati meetings, and travel to other top secret underground facilities around the United States. So that begs the question. Do these rumors hold any truth behind them? So to better understand this all, of course, like always, we have to start with the history of it. So Anna, can you tell us the history of the Denver International Airport? Let's get into it. Have either of you guys been to the Denver Airport? No. No, I have not. I have never been either. All right, this airport is the place where all the conspiracies we're going to talk about stem from. The Denver Airport started construction in September of 1989, but it officially opened on February 28, 1995, and it is one big-ass airport. To give you an idea of how big this airport is, it is more than one and a half times the size of Manhattan. The terminal itself is 1.5 million square feet. That makes this the largest airport in North America and the second largest airport in the world. Somebody could get lost in that. Oh, for sure. Easily. Yeah. How do you get a connecting flight? You have to have like a three hour layover just to make one. That would be one of those stressful ones where you have that 35 minute layover time and you're just like, what if I'm in the terminal across the place? Oh, my gosh. There just ain't no mm -hmm. way. And it takes you at least 15 minutes to get across there. Mm-hmm. All right. So before they could begin construction of this airport, they had to dig and build a series of tunnels. These tunnels would house the most technologically advanced rail and baggage handling system ever created and the transit system for the airport terminals. Some even say that it also is an underground bunker for something more sinister but we'll get into that later. So once they completed these tunnels, they started working on the construction of the terminals themselves. The total cost of the airport was $4.8 billion. I said B billion dollars. <sighs> they were also over budget <laughs> of building it by $2 billion. Man. All right. That's crazy. Oof. So that's a little bit of history behind the airport. So why are we talking about this Denver airport? I mean, on the surface, right? It just looks like a normal big ass airport, right? Mm -hmm. That costs way too much to make. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of conspiracies about this place, such as underground bunkers and tunnels, the crazy artwork throughout the place. I mean, this entire airport is just one big old conspiracy hotbed. Okay, so now we're going to transition into the strange facts and findings surrounding this whole place. So let's get into the strange artwork that's here. So the first piece of artwork we're going to talk about is Blucifer. So as you're driving into this airport, 
into the Denver International Airport, you're going to see this giant blue horse statue that's known as Lucifer, kind of like Lucifer, but had a B on the front of it. So something worth noting is that the name Lucifer isn't the actual name of the artwork. It's just the nickname given by the locals based on the features of it. All right. So this giant sculpture, of course, like we mentioned, is a blue horse that stands roughly 32 feet tall, has glowing red eyes and weighs nearly four and a half tons. It's huge. So I have a picture of it right here, and I'll provide it on our website if you guys want to go look at it. And it's a horse standing up on its back legs with its two front legs up in the air. And it's just a blue horse with red eyes. And it looks scary, and it's gigantic. Do you think it's weird that the horse is 32 feet, like the levels of masonry? I thought masonry had 33. Like, not everyone gets to 33. I think I thought that 32 was the max that everybody can get to if you work your way up. But you have to be, like, bestowed 33. That's something I'd have to look into because I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. Okay. I didn't connect that. No, neither did I. But you would, of course, the numbers woman would connect it. (laughs) The numbers woman. (laughs) It's me. So let's hop into who created this big old blue horse and why they created it. So in 1993, the artist Luis Jimenez was commissioned to create this artwork for the airport as a gift. So he started designing it. He took his inspiration for this sculpture from one that was already at the University of Oklahoma, which only stood eight feet tall. Now, even though Luis started this artwork back in 1993, it took him a long time to finish it, which he never actually did. So in 2006, while Luis was working on the headpiece for Lucifer, it toppled off and severed an artery in his leg, ending his life at the age of 65. Luis's sons decided to take over the artwork and finish it. On February 11, 2008, the artwork was finished, unveiled, and placed at the front of Denver International Airport for everyone to see right when they drive in. So that's the first strange fact and finding. And Anna, did you find anything more about the Freemason stuff? I know you were hard at work, deep diving into... So what I see right now popping up, it says that Masons can advance to the 32nd degree through their contributions to the Lodge. The 33rd degree is only given to Masons who have performed significant services for Freemasonry. Each degree of Freemasonry has a corresponding title, and each degree bestows upon the member further rituals and secrets in society. All right, so there's maybe some correlation between the 32nd, uh, or the 32 feet tall blue horse and Freemasonry, which rolls us into our next strange fact and finding, which is the dedication stone to the Freemasons. So, Dan, do you want to tell us a little bit about this dedication stone? This dedication capstone is located in the southeastern part of the terminal known as the Great Hall. And just an FYI, speaking of Freemasons, they also use the term the Great Hall as their meeting area. You look at the stone and figure that it's probably just a normal dedication to the airport. But, you know, as we take a better look at the stone here, the most notable thing you will see on it at first glance is the Freemason symbol with the G in the center of it. They just have this big slab of concrete that has 
an engraving of Freemasonry right in the middle of the airport? In the southeastern wing part of it, yeah. What type of Illuminati stuff have they got going on over there? Oof, we haven't even started. Yeah, that's strange. Which, I don't know what the G stands for. Do y'all know? What does the G stand for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want me to make a phone call to the known Freemason individual that I have contacted? Yeah, actually, I, I'm kind of curious because I know I've seen the Freemason symbol, but I don't know what the G stands for. All right, I'm going to call my secret Freemason contact, who is a 33rd member and a Grand Master Mason. Oh, What's going on? Hey, but I have a question for you about Freemasonry. All right. What does the G stand for in the logo? Uh, is this being recorded? Yes. Can you not tell me that, what it, the G stands for? Um, probably not. Okay, that's all I need to know. All right. All right, bye. Oh. That's kind of scary. <laughs> that's pretty ballsy of you to give him a call about it. He definitely seemed caught off about it. Yeah, he didn't want to be recorded or anything. All right, so what else is there on this capstone, this big-ass stone that's got engravings on it? What else is engraved on it? So underneath the, the Freemason symbol, below that, it has, of course, the date that it was built. But if you look a little bit further down, you, of course, see the list of some, some of the contributors to what they deem to be New World Airport Commission. Well, that isn't strange, New World Order. New World Airport Commission. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of was reading up on it. You know, there's nothing called the New World Airport Commission. There's like no group or anything like that. Yeah, I was reading that so it's too. Just, yeah. It's just like something, I guess they made it up to cover up the true name. Anyways, but uh, Charles Ansbacher coined the phrase New World Airport Commission, which was supposedly the group formed to aid and celebrate celebrating the opening of the airport to ensure smoother operations. Like I said, there's actually no official group called the New World Airport Commission. But he passed away on September 12, 2010, and there's been a, you know, big debate on whether Ansbacher was either a Freemason or Illuminati. Maybe he was both. Maybe it's all in one. Mm-hmm. Or is it like football teams? You have to join one or the other. Ooh. I never looked at them. When I always thought about them and... The Freemasons and the Illuminati, I always thought of them as like the same. I've never looked yeah, at them as like different. Agreed. Same goal, different paths? Maybe. Different branches. It's like a government and then it has different branches that has specialties that they focus on. But the end goal is all the same. Yeah. I guess that that's why it. it's a shadow government. Yeah. All right. So what else is there about this stone? All right. So there's contributions from two separate Grand Lodges of in Colorado, belonging to Freemasons. That contributed to this stone? Contributed to the building of it? Of Denver Airport. Yes. Oh, okay. Then a uh, side note here, Scott M. Altry, the Grand Secretary of the MW Grand Lodge of Colorado, he was quoted, the Freemasons had nothing to do with building the Denver International Airport. The only involvement was the ceremony that was performed for the dedication capstone that was done on March 19, 1994. They say they didn't have any hand in building the airport, just the capstone. Hmm. Okay. Does it list anybody else under the contributors? Yeah, it lists uh, Wellington E. Webb, the mayor, along with the governor, Roy R. Romer, and secretary of transportation, Federico Pina. 
Okay. Then, of course, like in the middle of the capstone, it states uh, the time capsule beneath this stone contains messages and memorabilia to the people of Colorado in 2094. Oh, so they got a time capsule underneath this capstone. They do. What's inside of it? So we did find a list of some of the things that are possibly inside this capsule. Okay. They had photos of Coors Field in an autographed opening day game ball. Indian prayer baskets representing the Native American culture and indigenous peoples. Blackhawk casino tokens. A piece of the DIA roof. Uh, photos of Mayor Webb and the Pope during the World Youth Day in Denver. You think at 2094 when they open that, they'll be like, why is there a piece of roof in here? Right. Yeah, they're just gonna be like, what the hell is this? Because oh the roof's gonna, <laughs> guarantee the roof's not gonna look the same by then. No, they're gonna be like, why did you put a piece of roof in here? Whose idea was this? Damn you, Mayor Webb. <laughs> I thought it was gonna bring back memories. <laughs> what if there's some sort of technology inside of the roof that is a sensing mechanism for spaceships to navigate to the international airport, the Denver airport? And so that oh, piece of roof okay. has some technology in it that just seems like it's an average piece of roof, but it's more. Or maybe uh, when we start talking about Indian burial grounds, maybe that piece of roof was haunted. Oof. And there's some stuff to back that up later on but uh before we get into that let's let's talk about some artwork so uh anna what other artwork pieces do you have for us all right there's two that we're specifically going to talk about they're very odd paintings on the walls of huge one is titled the children of the world dream of peace and the second one is titled in peace and harmony with nature i mean they're okay. really Big paintings, big, big ones. Uh, they span across two large walls. Not only are they big, but they're really strange. <laughs> Especially for travelers who don't expect to see things like dead children and military men to be featured in a public airport. Dead children? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <sighs> so the first one we'll talk about is the In Peace and Harmony with Nature. This painting features a fiery scene in which massive tree trunks burn brightly, sending smoke billowing across the top of the mural. Children and a young woman are seen fleeing the flames, as some carry extinct animals in glass cases. The foreground of the scene also features two bodies in caskets, a dead tortoise, and the ribcage of a large animal. So the second part of the painting features happy children from all cultures around the world coming together in joyful celebration, while animals and their young are alive and well in the background. So what's the official interpretation of this? Like, what does Denver Airport say about this odd death painting? According to their website, it states that, quote, the first half of the mural shows children displaying great sadness over the destruction and extinction of life, as the second half of the artwork depicts humanity coming together to rehabilitate and celebrate nature. So this next painting, it's called Children of the World Dream of Peace. The painting is also kind of similar to the first one, except it's a little more darker. The first part of it shows a city and kind of like a decay 
And the central character is a soldier who is who is in a mask and is brandishing a sword and a rifle above sleeping children while stabbing a dove. The second part of the painting features children of diverse cultures celebrating above what appears to be the corpse of the same soldier, complete with two doves resting on the butt of the soldier's gun. Most of the young people in this painting are in like 1990s type clothing, and above them in the top center is the word peace. I did read somewhere that uh, doves are a symbol of peace, and so him stabbing the dove with the sword is indicating that he doesn't want peace. Yes. So something worth noting here is that the artist who did this painting actually did an interview with Zing Magazine and explained the artwork. He claimed that it depicts a biblical lesson from Isaiah that says that it is possible for nations of the world to stop war by joining together. He then goes on to explain that the children are dreaming of peace in a world filled with war. Um, Also, some other weird stuff that we found out about this particular piece was that the children in this are actually portraits of real Denver kids that died as a result of gang violence. Whoa. What? Really? Yeah. That's strange, huh? That's super strange. Like, what was the inspiration behind that? I, I don't know. How did they even get pictures of that? Why they got the Asian kid holding the f***ing sword? Oh my and he's like God. in like a samurai little outfit. <laughs> All right, hold on. So, so if you're listening for the first time, you don't know, Dan's Asian. So just a little forewarning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 100%. I zoomed in on the picture and he's legit in like an old samurai like outfit, just the cloth part of it. But he's the one holding the sword and... Then you got the other kid with a hammer bending the sword, but still. What the hell? <laughs> Why is he in that outfit? Uh, oh, um, just a, another little side note. The artist who did this painting also painted numerous pieces over the years. Some of them can be found in elementary schools, others in prisons. Uh, many of them depict themes of growth through courage, multiculturalism, and environmentalism. So eh, kind of lines up, I guess. If you're traveling to the Denver airport anytime soon and you're wanting to see uh, either one of these paintings, you're kind of out of luck. Both of them are in temporary storage due to construction and they will return by the end of 2021. So sometime the end of this year. I actually heard they took it down because people got sick of seeing it. Well, maybe they use the construction as an excuse. Yeah. So, All right. So, um, Dan, do you want to tell us about some gargoyles? I would love to tell you about some gargoyles. So there are gargoyles statues at the Denver airport, which isn't that odd because of, you know, all the conspiracies and dark things they have there. So it's kind of normal. However, these gargoyles actually speak. And one of the unique things that the gargoyle placed by the baggage claim, things that he says, welcome to the Illuminati headquarters. I, I mean, Denver International Airport. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, we have an actual audio clip of this, and we're going to play that for you guys right now. That's a little too close for comfort, lady. Uh, oh, damn. Um... What, you never seen a talking gargoyle before? Welcome to Illuminati headquarters. I mean, Denver International Airport. <laughs> okay, so that's obviously somebody's in there talking to people. Yeah, but... it has, has to be someone in there sitting there. Yeah. Like, what other place jokes about being a part of the Illuminati? 
there's just this is a airport that everybody from around the world can fly to and they're like let's just throw around all this illuminati uh freemasonry type stuff i mean this is blowing my mind it's kind of funny too i'd love to have that job i'd be dropping knowledge nuggets at every chance that i could get all right what's the next strange fact we got interior garden yeah so there's some additional artwork that's not mentioned as much um not mentioned as much as the others but we're gonna go ahead and discuss them today okay all right one of them was actually one of the first pieces commissioned for the opening of the airport itself the artwork is called the interior garden and was placed inside the airport in 1995 so the piece itself isn't actually a single piece it's like a small section of the terminal that has rubble and designed to look like ancient ruins with living tropical plants. I mean, honestly, it looks kind of sweet. However, a couple years ago, the art was flagged as an expensive liability by management. Well, we decided to look into why it was exactly a liability. And they said that the artwork leaks, attracts pests, and creates a hazardous situation for passengers. Also, they say that some $800,000 has gone into the maintenance of Interior Garden (laughs) in the last 22 years since the airport has since opened, and that they don't want to spend any more money on it. I mean, that's a lot of money to spend on maintenance. Yeah. But what is weird, though, is that when looking into the finances that they allocated in their public budget that they put aside $650,000 for the removal of the installation. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, but whatever. So I guess it's like, what, 18 years worth of maintenance? or uh, 22 years of maintenance, $800,000. It's like $650,000 to remove it. Just keep it going for another 22 years. Jeez. Yeah, yeah exactly. If you look, there's some pictures of it right there, and it does look really cool. It does. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that they had to get rid of that. Yeah. I think they just didn't find a new uh, landscaper. Just saying. Yeah. So there's other art pieces in the Denver airport, but, I mean, nothing else really worth mentioning. You can find all the permanent artwork at Denver airport um, by going to their flydenver.com forward slash about, and there's like an art section that shows like all the artwork there and it's just like normal artwork nothing out of the ordinary that we could really find so now i guess let's transition into underground bases and facilities so the denver airport finally opened its its doors like we said on february 28th 1995 more than a year behind schedule and two billion dollars over budget now even though this was built back in 95 denver airport still remains the largest airport in the United States, with an area of 53 square miles. It also has the longest public-use runway in America, with a runway nearly reaching three miles long. So, it's pretty long. Now, um, this airport was originally developed to replace Denver's old Stapleton International Airport. Because of this being an international airport, many people didn't think much about the $2 billion being over budget or being over budget by $2 billion and it being absolutely way bigger than it was originally supposed to be. A lot of individuals simply just thought that the budget was miscalculated and that the extra space was needed to accommodate increasing international travel, which eh, 
$2 billion and a lot bigger. That's why you have a budget in the first place. But anyways, um, something else also worth noting is that around this region of Denver, there's also a number of military bases and private aircraft corporations, including the Cheyenne Mountain Complex, Peterson Air Force Base, the North American Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, Boeing, and Lockheed Martin. So because of these factors of being way over budget, the airport being way bigger than originally stated, a year and a half buy-in schedule, and being close to a number of military bases and private airport corporations, well, it makes some believe that there's a hidden tunnel system beneath the airport that is used for an apocalyptic bunker, or to house aliens, or for other reasons. Now, what Denver Airport says is that there is a tunnel system beneath the airport. However, like we said earlier, this tunnel system is supposedly just a complex large baggage system for the airport to transport passengers' bags efficiently throughout the terminals and baggage areas, which kind of seems understandable, right? I mean, you got a huge-ass airport. You need a, a, a way to transfer all these, this baggage. Yep. However, there is something interesting that we found that we're going to discuss that involves the underground complex at Denver Airport. Dan, do you want to tell us about that? So in 1994, two individuals named Alex Christopher and Phil Schneider supposedly gained access to the underground facilities beneath Denver International Airport before it officially opened. They took a lot of photographs and published them. All of the pictures are of the underground area at the Denver International Airport. Most of the areas shown in the photographs are not being used by the airport and have dead baggage equipment, long highways, many chain link fences and locked up fences that lead to lower levels. So in their write up with these photographs, it states that one of the photographers, Phil, who had gained access to the underground area, was an engineer who had been involved for many years working in construction for the industrial defense complex building giant Deep Underground Bases. Phil said that he had been offered the position of head engineer for the construction of the base that was to go under the new Denver International Airport back in the early 80s. Phil and Alex stated that there are five secret underground buildings with a depth of from 75 to 120 feet on each one. They were told of a huge 40-foot diameter tunnel that was already constructed in the place in this area before the five secret underground buildings were built. This tunnel was believed to be connected to Dreamland. Dreamland has been identified as an underground system of vast proportions consisting of natural cavernous networks connected via artificial tunnels and installations. Basically, it's a giant underground system that connects the entire United States oh. and is a part of the joint human and alien underground operations. Okay, Dreamland. That's something to look more into. Yeah. But they also stated that there is an underground complex of tunnels that runs hundreds of miles of underground roads, all connecting with high-speed bullet trains that can go at mock speeds. They then said that most of these bases are now jointly occupied by humans and either ancient Earth races or alien races. Okay. So um, what are these underground bases? Like, what's the purpose? They serve many different purposes, such as medical, research labs, prisons, work camps, military accommodations, food storage, you know, etc. Okay. And Phil went on to talk about underground bases, his prison, the prison camps, not his prison camp. <laughs> He's got a bunch of prison camps underground. Damn you, Phil. 
Damn you, Phil. It was all you. He said there are thousands of children being used in these underground prison camps and that when they are physically all used up and cannot go on, that the nasty Dracos kill, slaughter, and eat them on the spot. I'm guessing Dracos, he's referring to like alien reptilians. Draconians. Draconians? Okay. All right. What else did he say? Phil also talked about the time when he was in the battle in an underground cavern where they accidentally broke into a nest of large gray aliens. Oh my God, Phil. The one thing that he said he remembered so well is the large gray's eyes. He said that in the fight with them, one of them that he killed, the eye shields popped and revealed yellow snake eyes. Goddamn snake aliens. So reptilians are disguising themselves as aliens. Ooh. That's a good theory. So it's like, oh, don't be afraid of us. We're friendly aliens, but they're fucking evil reptilians. <laughs> okay. Damn, Phil's having some experiences every level he goes down. Yeah. Yeah, he is. They also said that the government and CIA are involved with the underground bases that are jointly occupied with the Dracos and negative aliens have been for years working together to create a most deadly biological germ warfare product. Oh, shit. Corona? Corona. So, the reptilians pretending to be aliens, but then they're working with negative aliens, evil aliens. So they're, like, using the body of good aliens? Like, flesh suits? Is that what I'm seeing here? Alright, so, did he say anything else about this? So, yes. They have found that by using glandular secretions from the aliens to create the biological weapon that is totally deadly to humans, while it has no effect on the aliens... And of course, there is no antidote, or if there is, the government is the only one with it. Now, this story may seem a little off, or a lot off. (laughs) Yeah. But something strange is that they provided a map of underground tunnels that connect to other government sites and airports. Yeah, and I know this is strange facts and findings, and we usually would save this for, like, theories or something, you know? Yeah. But that underground tunnel map, and he did supply all the pictures, and they were verified. So, I mean, there is something strange underneath there. There is some underground tunnels, but I I can't say yay or nay to large gray aliens underground. See, I think this goes back to something me and you were talking about before, where, what is it, like that one big national park where a bunch of like kids and people like go missing? Yeah, 411. Yeah, and they're all like by where these caverns, these underground caverns that are, you know, the naturally made ones, all go out through, like, through these mountains, these parks, and everything like that. Which, I mean, if these tunnels actually did connect that, and these, you know, if there are child labor camps down there, I mean, are they bringing kids to this place? Have you seen the movie The Descent? Ah, yes, The Descent. I have seen that here. Yeah, doesn't, isn't that scary with the... Like, if you were to go into an underground cavern and you were to see some other beings down there, I'd nope right out of that. Actually, I wouldn't even be down there in the first place. You wouldn't catch me in no underground tunnels. No, definitely not. I've heard too many horror stories of people getting stuck down there. Mm. All right, so we got a couple more strange facts. Um, Anna, you want to tell us about Indians? Sure. The land was originally... Native American burial ground. In April of 1995, Denver paid $700 to Lance Allrunner to arrange a secret ceremony at the airport to rid it of ghosts. 
So Lance, at the time, a 26-year-old Denver resident who was a volunteer member of the city's uh, Denver International Airport Spiritual Resolution Committee, that was the title. So earlier that month, he traveled by car to the Cheyenne Indian Reservations in Oklahoma and Montana earlier in 1995 as an emissary of Denver Mayor Wellington Webb. He went to these Indian reservations to confer with leaders of the tribe about ancient spirits allegedly agitated during the construction of the airport. Shocker. So Lance, who was part of Cheyenne's reserve, succeeded in convincing representatives of the Montana Cheyenne to come to the airport and calm the ghost in a nighttime ritual that was conducted on Easter weekend. Now something worth noting here. Eight years earlier, whenever the construction started, a group of Native Americans already blessed the airport in a religious ceremony. So what do they do to like conjure up some spirits to make them pissed off? Or is it just the entities that they're bringing there that the Native Americans were like, oh, hell no, you're not bringing that reptilian life onto my land. I think it's them removing that piece of roof tile. <laughs> the that pissed tile. them off. You, you know what it really could be, though? The fact that it was it's much larger than what it was supposed to be and cost more. Sounds like they went, you know, built bigger than they were supposed to and went on to land that wasn't blessed. That wasn't theirs. So they needed to clear themselves. Oh, that's good. Maybe there was just, you know, they dug up additional skeletons by going that Mm. far. I don't know. Oh, yeah. We'd never know. Or maybe they were still on blessed grounds, but they came across skeletons and they were supposed to give those to the natives and they didn't. They just like tossed them. That's why they held it at nighttime, right? And it was a secret ceremony because the mayor was like, look, pay this dude $700 to keep him quiet. Get him to come here. We found additional skeletons. We can't halt the construction, you know. Yeah, because the they here. would have to, it would be like a historical place, and then they'd have to yep. stop and, oh, shit. Yep. So pretty much him going there, he was probably delivering the skeletons and be like, you know, we brought you the skeletons. We didn't mean to dig them up, but can you come cleanse the area they were in? That's exactly what happened. Mm. I put money on that. It feels good. It really does feel good. Yeah. All right. So that pretty much wraps up strange facts and findings. Um. I guess let's roll into theories now. All right. So the first theory was that this Denver International Airport was built by the Nazi New World Order. So if you take into consideration all the weird shit they have put into the Denver International Airport, like the paintings, the dedication capstone, many people have concluded that the airport with its underground facilities to have been built by the Nazi elitists of the New World Order. It gives them places that they can turn into an underground city. Um, Another kind of like thing that people say supports this theory is that the runways to the airport kind of look like a swastika. I mean, I've, I've looked at it before. I don't see the swastika, me personally, but some people say they do. Um, Have have you seen it, Anna? Yeah, I could definitely see three arms. The fourth one is a stretch to me. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. They said they did it for logistics, why it's shaped like that, which, I I mean, if they had one going out like that, 
to create a certain runway, I suppose it might make sense to replicate it around the building. But I haven't compared its layout to other airports. Because, I mean, if no other airport has created a swastika in its, in its uh, form, why would it need to be created at Denver? And loosely created, I say, because like I mentioned, I see three of the four L-shaped arms or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Another kind of thing that people say is that the paintings, the one with the soldier in it, the soldier kind of looks like a Nazi sh- soldier mm-hmm. with a gas mask killing people. So those are like the two kind of supporting pieces of evidence that they use to kind of support this theory, which, I mean, in my personal opinion... I don't think it's Nazi New World Order. I think it would be just, you know, the New World Order. All right, Dan. So what's the next theory we have? The next one is that it's the Illuminati's headquarters. This one I would connect to the first conspiracy, kind of, that the DIA was built for the Illuminati's headquarters. Denver had a perfectly good airport, and then they decided to build this one 16 miles away from it and spend $4.8 billion on it, which was $2 billion over budget. I mean, it it is kind of weird that they would build one just 16 miles away and spend so much money on it. Yeah, and there was nothing wrong with the the first airport. Uh, Was it Stapleton? What was it? Something like they had less runway or less terminals than the previous one? I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, this one has uh, less runways. So weird. But if you were building a giant underground structure, it wouldn't look weird to be building something giant on top of it. Yeah. To cover your work. I'm kind of leaning more towards, this is my own personal opinion, maybe the contractors for this building had connections with who was bidding it out. And then they were like, we can pull an extra $2 billion out of this. Just basically getting their family in on making money. All right. Um, so what other theories do we have for this, Anna? Well, another one is that it's a cover for hiding multiple fallout shelters. Uh, Jesse Ventura, who was the, what, the governor of Minnesota? Mayor of Minnesota and governor of Minnesota. Oh, so both. Woohoo! Well, he, like I said, and he's been, I watched a documentary with him talking about JFK and going down that rabbit hole and... So he really loves to try to solve these things out, solve these things as well. But anyways, so he suggested that this airport was built with shelters to survive the 2012 apocalypse. That never happened. Or did it? He did think it was mostly for the world's elite to survive in this shelter only. But it is supposedly the world's largest bunker in the United States. So I'm sure it will probably hold more than elites. You gotta have the worker bees there too, of course. Or they already have artificial intelligence perfected, and now they got their worker bees that never get tired. Oh, that's good. What a perfect place for a headquarters, right? Yeah, people come all the way around the world, from around the world, fly right into the airport, and never have to leave the airport to be seen by anybody besides walking... Well, they probably have a special terminal. Actually, they do, because I did read that there is this person who had an inside source that talked about the different doors and terminals and concours and all that stuff. But that when you fly in as an elite person, you go through a private terminal that takes you right down to the underground system. 
And that's where you go right to your meetings, do your stuff there, get right back on a plane and leave. And you never go around Colorado. You just take care of business. I believe it. Oh, yeah. All right, Dan. So what's the next theory we got? The next one is that the CIA had a hand in building DIA. Many of the locals were opposed to building the Denver International Airport, but uh, author Rodney Stitch claimed to have access to a tape showing a CIA agent paying the mayor of Denver to get the airport built. Well, that just kind of adds to my theory of people getting paid, right? CIA agent has family in the construction who could get the contract. So he pays off the mayor, pays him a couple hundred thousand bucks, and his family makes off with billions. So, eh, plausible. All right, so this next theory is that it is a military base slash alien concentration camp. So someone believes that they had found an elevator at the airport that goes down to a secret military base in quite possibly a city. Uh, They said once you get down there, you would have to walk a long corridor before you reach the base itself. The area would have stores and shops, just like a normal city would have. But there also was an alien-controlled concentration camp down there as well. So, I wonder if they had German accents. (laughs) That'd be a very interesting uh, thing if that was true, right? Yeah. You would uh, well, think of it. What would it? What makes this more outrageous than Dulce? Dulce had different levels where different beings were on. Like reptilians were on one level, greys were on another. So why wouldn't there be something like that underneath the airport? You're you're right. And for people who don't know what Anna's talking about, we did an episode um over the Dulce base. And if you haven't listened to it, you need to go listen to it. It's a great episode. It's probably it really got was. the best Montauk chair I've ever heard. Like that oh, journey yeah. was my favorite. I, I would that was, say that was a fun one. Yeah. Scary, but fun. Yeah. Yep. All right. So who wants to tell us about this last theory? Yeah. So we'll go back to uh was it Engineer Phil? How he mm-hmm. talked about the Dracos. This one pretty much that it was built for housing for the reptilians underground complex in which human children labor for mankind's secret reptilian overlords maybe they were farming adrenochrome i don't know maybe a little pizzagate shout out right there if you haven't listened to that episode go listen to our pizzagate episode talk about adrenochrome so yeah that would go along with phil saying that they used the kids until they had nothing left in them and then they ate them yeah 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 all right so let's roll into like y'all's personal thoughts and theories about this. I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this entire thing. Anna, do you think there's an underground base at Denver Airport? Yes or no? I do, actually. I really do. Dan? Yeah, 100%. All right. I, I do believe there's an underground base there as well. All right. Do you believe there's aliens underneath there, Anna? Kind of iffy. Yeah. Right, like they might, I would say it's not, it's not like Dulce where it's all about aliens on certain levels. I could see there being representatives or something like that, but I really think it's mostly humans. Okay. Do you think there's a vast network of underground tunnels that connect all around the United States? Hell yeah. No doubt about it. I know that we have a lot of people that write us in about how the 
missing people and the underground tunnel systems seem to match up. Yes, when you the lay missing four one one. Oh yeah. So I'm sure we got that on the list. Dan, do you believe there's a underground tunnels that connect around the United States? Oh yes, definitely. Why would okay. it be? What do you think their purpose is? Do you think it's just military or do you think it's more uh, nefarious? Do you think the elites have a hand in this and that they use it as their bunkers? Or do you think it's just military having ways to transport equipment and stuff for whenever they go to war or whatever? I don't know. I would say that they're just naturally formed caverns that probably the military now uses because it's an easy way to, you know, transport stuff without things being noticed. Do you really think like if they wanted to keep something secret, they would send a bunch of tanks and stuff on top? No, that's I believe those are like diversions to make you pay attention to that. And then they take all the stuff that they're actually transporting and set, put them in these caverns and boom. It makes sense. Why would they take tanks and put them on trains when they're exposed to, you know, all the elements and exposed to maybe fighters, other enemy yeah. aircrafts coming and bombing the trains or whatever? So it does make sense to have some type of military underground tunnel system. But question is, is it connected to the Denver International Airport? And does it have more nefarious purposes that we're unaware of? I think there is a possibility of that. I, I think so. It wasn't it was not meant to be. But I think that's what ended up probably the two billion dollars ended up uh, being added to it. They accidentally hit into this shit and they're just like, all right, now, like the government's probably just like, Give them the money. They need to fix it up to block it off or make like a big gate so it can't be like, I guess, easy access into their tunnels, perhaps. Yep. I agree. All right. Y'all got anything else you want to add to today's episode or anything else you want to add to your personal thoughts and theories? Uh, I want pictures of someone with Lucifer. So if you're in the Colorado near the DIA, go take pictures with it. Nice. Beware of the head because, you know, we killed a yeah. man already. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Donna, you got anything else you want to add? No, I mean, this is the weirdest airport I've ever heard of. And uh, I've never seen so many Illuminati references or Freemasonry in just a public place. Yeah. That's super interesting. I liked this topic. Yeah, me too. It was fun. All right. So now, usually at this part of the show, we usually roll into Hans is on the scene. Which, if you aren't familiar with Hans is on the scene, Hans is our in-the-field reporter who goes and interviews individuals in public to get their thoughts about the ongoing conspiracies around the world. However, uh, we do not have a Hans on the scene interview this week due to Hans getting new equipment to get better sound quality for his on-the-street interviews. So, that will be coming either next week or the following, and he will pick up on his interviews and get the public's opinion. Yeah, Project Acoustic Hans is in progress. I'm trying to get funds and some doctors involved to help implant the microphone and stuff into him. Yep, Project Acoustic Hans. All right, so I guess that rolls us into uh, shout-outs. So for this week's shout-outs, I'll start off with Instagram first. Um, I want to shout out Jessica, Tito, Rudy. Rudy tells us, thanks y'all for everything y'all do. No, thank you, Rudy. Sergio, Cassie. Cassie just wanted to shout us out for our amazing podcast. Thank you for that, Cassie. 
Uh, Nathan said that they just found uh, the show through their friend and thought we were great. Thank you for that, Nathan. Janie stumbled across our podcast when you guys only had three episodes up. And she's a huge fan. And even a bigger fan now after hearing that uh, I live in Maine. So thank you for that, Janie. You live literally right next door to me. Um, I'm looking through my window right now, right at you. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Shout out to Huge Giannis. They said cool podcast. Thank you for that. Um, AJP Flooring Installations said uh, that they listened to a few of our episodes. They like what they're doing, or they like what we're doing, and that uh, that they want to hear more. And then we got a very interesting message from an individual named Big T. And this is, I'm going to finish off my shout outs with this guy. Big T said, my addiction to this podcast may be equal to my addiction to Riley Reed. Just wanted to drop in this motherfucker quick. Stumbled upon this while looking for a podcast at work. With the combination of ripping my wax pen for eight hours and starting on the first season, this shit is fire. Ear porns without the BBC and the tits. Aaron, you are funny as hell, bro. I appreciate you always keeping the show loose, but never drifting off the track too far. Daniel, son, be random as shit. I appreciate the dry, fucked up sense of humor. Anna got that quirky, awkward sense of humor. Shit has me laughing out loud. Keep it real, T. Thank you for that message, T. Love ya. Shout out to you and shout out to everybody on Instagram. Sending you lots of love. Yeah, thank you for that. I love being random. It's so fun. Yeah, thanks for the love, man. I appreciate you so much. All right, Anna, what do you got for Twitter for us this week? All right, so Twitter, we have had some newbies, which I think that my messenger, like, I I don't know, I think I had a setting on where if you weren't my friend, you couldn't talk to me or send me a message or something someone pointed out to me. So I think I changed that, but I don't know. I just noticed I wasn't getting a lot of direct messages, more just tags. So I think I fixed that. Um... Okay, so shout outs. Cassidy from Twitter. I appreciate you. Um we got let's see, new people, LaShawn, Jam, Nick Knight, Steady Dreamin', Josh W6699, oh, Amora Blue, Nate, I think you shouted him out too, Dan, but Nate was referred to by our man Andy. That's his brother-in-law, so shouting out you, my friend Nate. And Jonathan recently started following us. Uh, Emails, I have, I just wanted a quick shout out, Bruce. He recently emailed me, and he's hooked. Uh, We make his days go by fast, and he appreciates my sense of humor, and I just wanted to also make sure I shouted out his brother, Mark, who got him hooked on the show. So thank you, Mark, man. I appreciate you. I love you, man. Love you both. Um, Miss Cat in the Hat, I just opened up my email to see that you messaged me. Uh, I'm already thrilled to read it, so I have not yet. But I wanted you to know I got it, and I will respond to you. It's a nice little lengthy email. So, uh, yeah. Yay for us spiritual women. 
Thank you so much. I, I'm really looking forward to that one. Jersey, I'm really sorry for calling you a, a he. Jersey, we gave uh, her a shout out for her birthday. And uh, I just assumed that she was male. How dare you assume? I know. How dare. I know. We're ending this <laughs> so, podcast now. I wanted to make sure I apologized to her for doing such a horrible thing. And then the last shout out I have is for someone on Disc or uh, Patreon. His name is Andy, and he asked for a shout out a while back, and I'm just making sure I get it out to him. So Andy, not Andy from Discord, you get enough shout outs, dude. I just gave you one earlier with Nate. This is a different Andy. Um, so thank you so much, man, for your patience and everything. You're awesome. Appreciate all you Twitter people. You all are amazing. So thank you. I love you all. All right. Nice. Damn. What do you got for us for Facebook shout outs? All right. All right. All right. So I got uh, Kaylee, Connor, Lewis, Norman. Then I don't know how to say your first name right. I don't want to mispronounce it, so I'm going to call you Lifter. Uh, shout out to Stony Tony. He reached out to me on Facebook. So giving him a shout out. Got a sh- uh, shout out to Dub CZ, guy listened to us on uh, Spotify, hit us up and everything. He just started listening to the podcast not too long ago, and he's already pretty much binged most of the episodes. Moon Landing was one of his favorites. Then uh, Cassie, and then Sarah, and Joey. Give them all shout-outs. think Cassie said that she's going to be getting one of our hoodies soon, which hopefully by the time this episode goes out, new merchandise will be out yep Mm -hmm. so those i don't think will be on sale though yes everything goes on sale oh everything's on sale everything must go buy it all guys (laughs) buy it all the first like two days everything's on sale so there it is yep that's what i got for shout outs well there's one more thing okay so the discord wanted me to make a reach out to pandemic who he just hasn't been on lately, which is cool. You do your thing, dude. But they just wanted me to make sure they wanted me to relay the message to you that we miss you and we're, we think about you. They always are wondering where you are. And we just want you to know, dude, we love you. And we miss you. We love you. We're always here for you. And I'll say Slickers was the one who reached out to me to ask for that. So such a good guy. He is. Great man. guy. All right. I got anything else you want to add before we roll this out? I'm good. All right. So I want to thank everybody for joining us today. And again, thank you all for your support. You were all amazing, every single one of you. So with that being said, Dan and Anna, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you're not alone. Boom. Boom.